Welcome to The Syndicate from the Business of Hockey and the Goal with your hosts, Richard York and Las Kowalski. Sit down, have a cigar and scotch, listen to some good music, and we'll talk hockey and business. Let's start this episode. Welcome to part two, the continuation of last week's Syndicate episode. Enjoy. Okay, well, let's let's eat into some of that a little bit here. As far as if you take the hockey analytics and you asked if you get like a 40 or a 50-year-old individual and you ask them about who's been a hockey fan their whole life, and if you ask them if they like pre-analytics or post-analytics, they are going to say pre-analytics because that was the sport they fell in love with as a kid, which means they also probably miss all the fighting, the scrapping, the drama that's on the ice. Right. But in this day and age, everything is a bit more regulated on a personal standpoint for the hockey players as well, is that they're expected to maintain a higher level of professionalism and not be a probert of the past where you drink and you fight. You unfortunately see a lot of those bruisers fall victim to the, the lifestyle that they had and they have very unfortunate stories to hear about it. But if you're looking at baseball again, Baseball has gotten crazy. I'm sure behind the curtain somewhere in hockey, there's there's a certain level of this craziness happening as well because the analytical department of any team is unregulated. The analytics is not regulated at this point. Uh, the only thing that I could see it being regulated is that you can only do it to your own team and not to opposing other teams, that you run into problems there as far as cheating goes. New England Patriots were caught for doing that in the in the regular season. They were caught for cheating and they got penalized for it. And it, it's no different with this analytical data. You cannot data collect on an opposing team. When, when you're talking about baseball, asking those people who liked baseball beforehand means there's a lot more risk involved with contracts, with players, with franchises, plays. It was a lot more exciting because they were high risk, high gamble, calls, plays, players, whatever. When you start introducing analytics, there's a lot less of those spike ups and spike downs that you're going to see a balance out because people are trying to make more smart, business savvy decisions, less risk, less gambles, that kind of thing. And it does create a certain level of unentertainment in the sport. When you start to level the playing field, there's a lot less risk involved and whatnot. So when you're looking at those old school fans, they remember the drama of the day. And you know, if you take those baseball fans and they watch the baseball games in the past, there was a lot of differences between one player and the next player. You know, maybe one player could hit the ball out of the park, but ran really slow, right? So if he hit a ball in the park, you got to watch him lumber around the field to try and get back to home plate. And in this day and age, everybody's such a professional athlete that they have certain standards that you have to stick to and that the training regimens are so micromanaged. As the league grows, the expectations grow. And as money grows, those expectations also grow. Baseball, you have to grow. You have to be an athlete. With all this analytical data coming in, you have all of these people, all of these data scientists telling you exactly what you're doing wrong. So in the past, you only had your eye, right? Your eyes to see that. So there was a lot less people telling you what you're doing wrong, right? So there was bigger gambles. When you think about where baseball is today, I can tell you that in practice, off of one pitch in practice, I'm going to explain to you the data that they've revealed that they use to collect right now. This is not even what baseball's not telling you. This is what I read in an article that said off of one pitch in baseball, they have pressure sensors in the mound so they can detect perfectly your balance, your force, and your weight distribution on your feet. Now, in that same pitch, you have a wired vest on attached from your knees to your shoulders. And that wired vest and that wired trunks pick up your every exact movement of your body during that pitch. 
Now that always reminds me of like when you see high stellar graphics on movies and stuff like that, they're wearing this little wired suit, which gets turned into the Hulk or whatever on the final product, right? But they have a digital representation, a person's movements to make it more organic. Like, so when the Hulk moves, it's because somebody was actually moving in that way because they've collected data and a stick figure basically on that organic movement. They do the same thing in baseball. You have an incredibly organic movement because you're wired to this vest as you're whipping the ball free from your hand. Now, on the same pitch, you have about 12 data scientists lined up behind you processing all of this data. And what they're processing is that pressure on the mound, the vest, and the movements of your body. They have probably at least two slow motion cameras directed at the ball at the moment flies free from your hand so that they can analyze the different kinds of pitches that you're spinning that ball and how it's perfectly released from your fingers. And they have radar equipment coming from the mound out so that they can trace the the path, the velocity, and everything of that ball. And that is just in one pitch. Literally everything about what you just did was digitized. So when you talk about a digital athlete, that's the kind of stuff that they're doing. They're creating an organic template of movements, force, velocity, weight distribution, everything. Now that's crazy. And if you tell an old school baseball fan that they've gone from just practicing by throwing a pitch and warming yourself up to turning into a computer, basically, they would say you're crazy. But that's just the way that the sport is evolving. And you're going to find that in hockey too. You know, like you did some research on that. I think you should talk about some of the stuff. Yeah. And I think that I just wanted to bring up to summarize what you were talking about. There is one comment to that poll that I forgot to mention what this one person wrote and said, everyone is okay with using analytics in all other fields. But when it comes to sports, some people be like, don't touch that. <laughs> That's because it, it affects the entertainment value of what you're watching, right? Is that it, it's a reflection on the business side of the sport. It's not just a bunch of kids going out to the ballpark and having fun and woo, yeah, you hit the ball over the fence. It's like, no, this is major business. You know, like that's that pitch that that guy just threw. He made probably $250,000 for that pitch. You know, some of those pitchers, that's what they pitched. That was a $250,000 pitch. So you have to pay that guy a quarter million dollars to pitch that ball. One of the things that I wanted to talk about regarding what is happening this year in Boston with the analytics conference, MIT Sloan is putting on a sports analytics conference that is from March the 6th to the 7th in Boston. To give you an idea of who actually is going to be attending this analytics conference, Amazon, AWS, ESPN, the Baseball League, a company called OutSystems, which does low-code development for mobile applications and, and web applications. Google Analytics is involved. And so I had a chance to look at what this analytics sports conference is about. If you take a really close look at what their itinerary is, one of the items that they have that they're going to be talking about is called at the intersection of AI and human potential, which is AI refers to artificial intelligence. So we're talking about high level technology like machine learning and artificial intelligence at a sports analytics conference. And what they're talking about in this one particular itinerary item that they're going to be talking about, it says sports analytics focuses on new ways to create and slice data like that found on the back of an athlete's trading card. This individual who's going to be doing the talk focuses on understanding the front of the card, who the person is, 
specialize in creating a comprehensive framework for if, why, and how a player can be successful in a given environment. This talk reviews how machine learning platforms can integrate with an organization's internal models and technology maximizing scouting reports, eliminating subjective assessments, prescriptively rating resources, increasing the probability of success. We're bringing technology at a high level that is artificial intelligence into sports and into hockey. And this is what's coming into the league as well. Well, I think there's a lot that we can talk about, about what's coming into the league. The last time we talked, you brought up the idea of a a digital scout. I wanted to reassess my answer on that, that you can certainly see where the leagues are going. They're holding these conferences all the time about analytics is that they're really promoting an industry in it, not only for sports analytics, but you know, businesses use analytics all the time. And the bigger the business, the more you can afford to spend on analytics. When we're addressing the idea of a digital scout and data collecting, a team can collect all the data they want on their own players. And as we talked about with Treliving, he was given a report card based on that data that he was given. When you have the ability to give yourself a report card based on that player for one game, you can get a report card for all the games on a season, four seasons ago, however long you've been collecting that data. So when you have that pool of data, you brought up the theory of a separate revenue source for Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs on this digital scouting platform. Based on some of the research that we have done uh, for this episode, coming back and addressing that, you can see how if a team wants to trade for another NHL player that there's already a data package on, you could probably drip this down into the minors as well because there's lots of up in Canada, like the Edmonton Oil Kings play in the Rogers Center, the same rank that the Oilers do. So all the data collecting machinery and computers and stuff is already there. So they're doing the same thing for the Edmonton Oil Kings. And so they could have these data collection processes for for prospects and for established NHL players based on the data collection process that they're doing in the arenas. And all you'd have to do is sell that to a team who wants to trade for that player. And they'd have to buy that data from you. It is absolutely a revenue source suddenly is that you're making money off of your digital scouting. Let's kind of touch in on that a little bit. I'm going to read you something I came across that I think ties into the perspective that I talked about last time about the digital scout and exactly what you talked about. And what it says here, NHL has planned adoption of puck and player tracking technologies for the 2019-2020 season, and it will represent a huge push forward for analytics. According to the NHL, the technology will include 14 to 16 antennas in an arena rafters, four cameras to support tracking, a sensor placed on the shoulder pads of every player and 40 pucks containing a sensor inside for each game. Well, that certainly promotes the idea that they've had to go through a couple of hoops for the NHL to approve this method of data collecting. So when I say that it's an unregulated industry, I guess there is still some hoops that you have to jump through so that you're not crossing lines into the cheating department. There is an individual who's associated with my business LinkedIn account. His name is Dean McCowan, and he is the Associate Director, Global Master of Management Analytics at Smith School of Business at Queen's University in Kingston. I saw a post he had put out, and it said that sports analytics is a fascinating field, and he has hashtags in this post. It says data science, forward, business analytics, Ottawa, management, innovation, technology, Calgary, ABD Toronto, artificial intelligence. Right underneath that, 
It says Smith School of Business at Queen's University. It writes, a new age of hockey analytics will redefine what it means to have puck smarts. A study offers a new way of measuring face-off success, an aspect of hockey that is typically overlooked. And so what I had read previously came from an article that came from the Smith School of Business at Queen's University. What I think is really important to explain to the listener on what the business of hockey is. For someone coming in and listening to what we're talking about, this may sound a little bit disjointed. And so for me, it was a very powerful thing to see what Mr. McCowan actually had placed on his LinkedIn on this particular post. And what I mean by that is when we originally started the business of hockey, it seemed very disconnected, but it made a lot of sense. Where on the one side, you would be looking at the analytics side, you'd be looking at hockey management and culture. You would also be looking at when it came to the business side, which had to do with the institutional side. When you're sort of pioneering a podcast format, it's a little bit hard to know if you're going in the right direction. You go with your gut and say, you know what, this makes sense and we're going to go in this direction, but you don't have that validation. You don't know. And so you continue. And so now we're on the episode that we're at. When I saw the hashtags under his LinkedIn, where it said data science, business analytics, and it's combined with sports analytics. To me, it showed that there is an integration and it validates what I talked about before is that when you're dealing with data science, it doesn't matter if it's on the business side or if it's on the sports side. It's the same framework. The data scientist that you go and apply to the Toronto Maple Leafs that works for Kyle Dubas is going to be the same person that goes works at a corporate organization to set up data analytics on their end. The end result and the interface and the reports are going to be different, but the framework and the understanding is the same. And so as we move forward through this, it's really important to understand that as we develop this out, including this new Black Ops Blackboard, we are providing a very integrated approach. We're converging this. And so this is new, but I believe there's a lot of value in what we're doing moving forward. And so it was really important to find an article like that and to be able to define that because on this particular episode, it was tying in to what was happening also in Boston with that sports conference. The other thing that I want to bring up is that in that sports conference, there's another speaker. So under the section called Rushing to Analytics, Hockey's Ability to Predict and Project Talent, this individual is going to be also speaking. What it says in the description, hockey is traditionally a conservative sport with a lot of attention paid to scouting. Using new data and analytics, Staffleets is able to find trends in generational talent that were historically not quantified. This talk will focus on key examples and discuss the future trends in the sport. And the speaker is Megan Cheka, aka Digital Scouting. Thanks for listening to part two from the syndicate from the business of hockey and the gold. Part three will be posting next week and we'll be focusing on Megan Cheka and Staffleet. Thanks for listening to the syndicate from the business of hockey on the gold produced by the power of map podcast until next time.